Hello, and welcome to a conversation at airsafe.com, the official podcast of the airsafe.com foundation. I'm your host, Dr. Todd Curtis, the head of the foundation and the creator of airsafe.com, your reliable source of airline safety and security information since 1996. On this edition of the conversation at airsafe.com, I like to talk about one of uh, the favorite subjects at the site. That is a subject of what is allowed and what is not allowed on board an aircraft. As almost everyone who flies now knows, since September 11th, the rules have substantially changed, and the rules continue to change based on security-related events that happen around the world. One of those events occurred in early August of 2006, when authorities in the United Kingdom uncovered an alleged plot to sabotage as many as 10 U.S. airliners traveling from the United Kingdom to the United States reportedly by using liquid and gel-based explosives. U.S. authorities initially prohibited all liquids and gels from carry-on luggage. At the time, this meant that no passenger could bring any kind of liquid or gel onto the aircraft. Over the next few weeks, the authorities in the U.S. reviewed these rather strict procedures and came up with some changes that were a little bit more flexible. As of the 26th of September 2006, passengers may now carry liquids and gels under the following conditions. Passengers may bring into the secure area of the airport liquid and gel products so long as the items are carried in a clear plastic food storage type bag with a capacity of no more than one quart. These would be items such as shampoo, suntan lotion, creams, toothpaste, hair gel, and other items of a similar consistency, where each individual container within that bag must have a capacity of no more than three ounces. Passengers may not pass through the security screening with gel or beverage containers of greater capacity. Once a passenger has passed through secure screening, they can purchase any size beverage and any other liquid or gel product in the terminal area and take them onto the plane. There are some exceptions to these rather strict rules about carry-on liquids and gels. For example, small amounts of baby formula and breast milk can be carried on board if a baby or small child is traveling. Liquid prescription medicine with a name that matches a passenger's ticket can also be brought on board. Liquids or gels for passengers who indicate a need for such items to address their medical condition, including diabetic passengers. Quantities are limited to no greater than 8 ounces, roughly 240 milliliters, per container. Up to 4 ounces or 120 milliliters of essential non-prescription liquid medications can also be carried on board. Gel-filled bras and medical gel prosthetics are also allowed, as are solid cosmetics and personal hygiene items such as lipstick in a tube, solid deodorant, lip balm, and similar solids. These rules are likely to change over time, and if you have any doubts or questions, you can either contact your airline representative for more details, or perhaps you can pack these in your check luggage. The rules on liquids and gels have changed dramatically and will likely change again in the future. There are many other rules that have not changed, and keeping track of those rules can be more than a little bit confusing. One of the problems that the average traveler has is that the rules of what is and what is not allowed changes over time. Things that you would think are not allowed, knitting needles, are in fact allowed on the aircraft. The TSA does have within its website at tsa.gov quite a bit of information scattered in several places about what is and what is not allowed. However, on airsafe.com, we've combined a lot of that into one place. The page is airsafe.com slash danger dot htm. And the title of that page is Things You Should Not Bring On Board. This is a fairly basic page in that the information is very useful, and it combines information from a variety of sources. 
from the airlines themselves, from travel agencies, from various U.S. government agencies. And in one place, the average passenger can pretty much find all the information they need about what they can take on board and what they have to do to make somewhat hazardous items more safe. Probably the easiest thing to discuss are the categories of banned items. As you can probably guess, the things that you would think are not allowed are certainly not allowed on board the aircraft. For example, any kind of weapon is not allowed inside of the, the passenger cabin. Although, in the United States, if you pack them securely and put them in check baggage, knives, guns, and any number of weapons are perfectly legal to take on board the aircraft. One simply can't do so inside the cabin. Any kind of knife or cutting instrument, for instance, is also not allowed inside the cabin. So if you have a scissors with a sharp point, if you have knives of any description, those are not allowed. Although, as it turns out, some uh, sharp objects are allowed. For example, if you have a pair of scissors with a blunted end, sort of like the kind of scissors you would uh, give a child in elementary school for an art project, those types of scissors are allowed. Other things, baseball bats, golf clubs, cricket bats, ski poles, hockey sticks, things that you would think you could hit someone with, all that stuff is banned. The complete list of banned items changes over time, but again, at this page within airsafe.com, which is at www.airsafe.com slash danger.htm, we have links to the updated list that the TSA has about what is allowed and what is not allowed. And there are a variety of exceptions. The basic one that comes up on a regular basis are medical-related items. For example, if you're a diabetic and you have syringes and other materials that are related to treating your diabetes, those types of things are allowed. Typically, if you have a question about it, if you're not quite so sure about it, ask the gate agent for the airline, and they will probably uh, tell you exactly what you need to do in order to take it on board or if those kinds of materials are indeed not allowed on board. Other categories of banned items, which, again, year after year, month after month, people seem to forget and bring these on anyhow. Any kind of explosives. This would include any kind of fireworks whatsoever. Sparklers, gunpowder, etc., any kind of ammunition that you have for a weapon is also not allowed. For example, if you properly pack a rifle or a, a handgun, it can be carried in checked luggage. But at no time can any ammunition of any sort be carried on the air, airplane, either in the cabin or in checked luggage. If for no other reason than uh, because of the way ammunition is designed, it's an explosive hazard. If it gets uh, heated for some reason, if there is a fire in the cargo hold and you have ammunition down there, it could start exploding all over the place. Gases and pressure containers. Outside of some rare exceptions for, for example, a tank of medical oxygen, any kind of pressurized gas is not allowed. And certainly any kind of pressurized gas that's flammable is not allowed. Just as explosives are not allowed, anything dealing with gasoline, propane, other fuels, lighters, flammable reservoirs, etc., all that's banned. By the way, cigarette lighters for uh, the last few months have also been banned inside the aircraft. Another thing that doesn't happen often, but some people may carry them, especially for scientific and industrial-related purposes, any kind of oxidizer or organic peroxide. For example, bleach, nitric acid, fertilizers, swimming pool chemicals, fiberglass repair kits, all those things are banned from inside the aircraft. The surprising thing about the things that are banned on the aircraft is that it's not that easy to find these things. Personally, I had to do quite a bit of research with the airlines and with the federal government, both the Transportation Security Administration, uh, Federal Aviation Administration, and others, 
trying to find various pieces of information about what is and what is not allowed. And again, this is summarized on the page with anairsafe.com. But just to give you a quick rundown, poisons, weed killers, pesticides, insecticides, infectious materials, medical laboratory specimens, viral organisms, bacterial cultures. But again, for those of you in the medical community, there are categories of hazardous um, biological materials that can be properly shipped either in the passenger cabin or in the cargo hold of a passenger aircraft. Corrosives, drain cleaners, car batteries, wet cell batteries, keep those off. Radioactive materials. Okay, this seems pretty obvious, but there are some radioactive materials that are not so obvious. For example, many smoke detectors have a small amount of radioactive material in the detector in order to make it work. So, as a general rule, keep smoke detectors out of the aircraft. Radioactive pharmaceuticals and other radioactive materials also are banned. Again, there are some rare exceptions, but if you're in that business, you know what to do. Dry ice. You can actually take dry ice onto the aircraft. Up to about uh, 1.8 kilograms or 4 pounds can be taken on board for packing perishables, providing that the packaging is vented. And again, check with your gate agent with the airline. They should make it clear to you what is or what is not allowed and where on the aircraft it can be. Magnetic materials. If you have strong magnets, such as those in loudspeakers and laboratory equipment, keep those off. They can interfere with all kinds of equipment on board the aircraft. There are a variety of other things that don't really fall under a single category. Wet cell batteries, chemical oxygen generators. For those of you who remember the value jet crash back in the mid-1990s, that's a particular sticking point with uh, the entire industry. Any equipment containing fuel or other flammable liquids also is not allowed. I mentioned several times about if there are some categories of materials that you have, radioactive, biological, etc., where you can properly package it and take it on board the aircraft. By all means, do so. But if you have this kind of hazardous material, you have to declare this to the airlines before you get on board. Uh, You could have it perfectly packaged and well within the rules, but if you don't tell anyone and something happens, even if there's no chemical spill, no radiological uh, leak, there could be all sorts of civil and possibly criminal penalties. Hazardous materials may also be an issue even if you're not flying on the aircraft. For example, if you are shipping through the U.S. mail, airliners on a very regular basis are used to ship U.S. mail. So on the average passenger flight, there could be any number of packages and letters in the cargo hold. If you ship it through the U.S. mail and it's improperly labeled, improperly packaged, you can have all kinds of problems, not the least of which is some sort of leak or spill or other hazardous situation in flight. Word to the wise, if you're shipping it, be it FedEx, UPS, U.S. Mail, and you have a suspicion that's a hazardous material or hazardous substance, make the shipper aware of that. Make sure that you're carrying the proper packaging, the proper paperwork, and the proper format for labeling these packages before you send them. Hazardous materials are not a difficult subject. Common sense will often carry the day. If you think it's hazardous, if you have a suspicion that it may be banned or restricted from flight, check with the authorities, check with your airline, check with your own internal processes. If you have, for example, a corporation that ships hazardous materials and you have a system in place for ensuring that the shipment is being done properly, exercise your common sense, and in most cases you won't have a problem. Thanks for listening. For more information about airline safety, you can find us at airsafe.com. That's A-I-R-S-A-F-E dot com. Or type the words airline safety into your favorite search engine. We're probably on the first page of results. Feel free to write to us at our email address, theconversation at airsafe.com. And we'll see you next time.